Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Happy to be here. We've got such an interesting topic for you today. And by the way, if you're keeping track as I do, this is season eight of Internet of Things with Game Changers Radio. This series has been with me for eight years, one of our longest running SAP Game Changers shows. This is a continuation of a topic we did on May 4th of this year, 2021. And here we are on August 3rd. Where has the year gone? Well, here we are in August. So let me give you a heads up. And heads up is the title of the topic. Heads up, cloud adoption strategy, insider tips, part two. Mark that down. So let me tell you a little about what we're talking about, and then I will have my three esteemed guests tell us more after I I read their names. So what's the buzz today? The buzz is a quote from a Deloitte study, and we have a gentleman from Deloitte here today. Uh, Here's the quote. What drives IT executives to initiate cloud migration? That's a big question. Deloitte's survey of more than 500 IT leaders and executives reveals that security and data protection together is the top driver. IT executives may be increasingly relying on the expertise of third-party cloud-based security and infrastructure providers to protect their data. What's number two? The number two driver for cloud migration, data modernization, primarily includes moving data from legacy to modern databases as cybersecurity attacks are rising in sophistication. We're going to take a look at this trend. We're going to do another deep dive and see that moving to the cloud, it's more than just replacing your technology. It involves a mindset change. Very, very important in terms of the company culture, right? Chris Aaron is nodding there. In terms of the company culture, in terms of leadership, in terms of who gets to lead the pack to the cloud. The key to cloud adoption is leveraging cloud technologies the right way. Taking a COE, those of you who listen to these shows may know that center of excellence, or an app factory approach with a fail-forward, continuous iteration and improvement mindset. Wow, that's a big mindset, getting your head around that. This is happening in many companies. And why? Millennials. Oh, we hear that M word so often. You know, they're already, I think, in their 40s. They've got money. They've got positions. They've got leadership powers. They are demanding increased automation and digitalization of key business processes. Rapid application development tools, plus the empowerment of business user citizen developers. They're less reliant on central IT. They have more development within the lines of business. It's not a shadow development. It's across the company. They're reducing efforts and shortening timeframes. So question, can your organization, we're talking to our business audience around the world, can your organization adopt cloud efficiently and productively? If you haven't started yet, listen up. If you have started yet, listen up because we have three experts on the topic. We have Madhu and Gara at Deloitte. Madhu, for those who see the video eventually, why don't you wave? There you go. Madhu, welcome. You were on another show with me recently. We're so happy to have you back. And you were nominated for this panel by your colleague, Sarah Lottman at Deloitte, who is not available to join us. So thank you, Madhu. And we have Vipin V. Am I using just the letter V? There you go. Vipin, say hello. There you go. We're making it easy on the host not to have to pronounce his his very, very important and big last name. And Chris Aaron, Chris Aaron at SAP. Welcome back. Vipin and Chris are both at SAP. We're going to ask them for their take on heads up. Everybody look up. Heads up. There you go. There you go. Vipin, look up. Vipin, look up. 
That's it. Heads up. We got it now. <laughs> Heads up. Cloud adoption strategy. Well, we start a show with a smile. Strategy Insider Tips Part 2. And a shout out to Dana Quarter at SAP, who is the showrunner for this. Dana, hope you had a great vacation last week. I know you're back somewhere. And Ira Burke, the longtime sponsor of the series. So let's get this party started. Madhu Angara, would you please do me the honor of reintroducing yourself to our global business audience? Tell them, remind them what you do, a little bit about what is important about the cloud to you. Madhu, welcome. Thanks, Bonnie. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, Madhu Angara, and I work at Deloitte. I've been with Deloitte for like past 18 years and, uh, you know, helping clients and organizations through their digital transformations in the cloud space. This is across cloud solutions, right? Our everyday focus uh, we take to the work is to solve the business complex problems, uh, I would say, with, you know, with the best of the breed SAP, not just SAP solutions, but the, uh, you know, complex, the best of the breed cloud solutions in the market, right? Um, see, the... I'm really passionate about the cloud solutions, which kind of peel out all the technical complexities and make everyday uh, life in an organization, uh, you know, easy to use uh, with with, uh, with technology being part of the daily life. Thank you very much. And it certainly is. Your point's very well taken. And you agree with my intro, Madhu, about mindset. It's a big mindset to wrap around. So many things change when you go to the cloud. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, even with us in the technology industry, it takes a lot for us to adapt. So I, I can imagine you know, what people who are not in technology take to adapt. Cloud, what's cloud? I think we got past that one. Let's go to Vipin Phoenix. Vipin, welcome back. You also have been a multiple-time guest on my show, so we're very happy to see you again. You're again in the mountains. I want to know where are you? That's a gorgeous, I don't even know, what is it? Is it a glacier? Is it a rock formation? Where are you, Vipin? I believe it is in Innsbruck. That's where I was last week for my vacation, but it was not <laughs> snowy. It was all greeny there well, at this time. A nice souvenir picture and welcome back from your vacation. Vipin, would you please reintroduce yourself to the audience and tell them, remind them what's your passion for cloud? Go ahead, Vipin. Oh, absolutely. So Vipin here, I've been with SAP and now SAP Germany uh, for the last couple of years. Um, so uh, I think every- yeah, Bonnie, you, you, we, we discussed this before, and I started my career pretty much with my mainframe technologies, but over over there, uh, been a part of the millennial generation and have eventually moved my most of my career based on the cloud technologies, you know, helping uh, helping people adopt the cloud technologies. So the, what, what, what is happening in, in the technology trend that has always fascinated me and uh, that has kept me up to date and, and, you know, driving the adoption in cloud, the, the most latest technology, most latest, the business uh, transformation that these technologies can bring to uh, everyone in this world uh, that has excited me and, and and that's 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 my core passion uh, to really work uh, together with the people and and uh, and customers and and everyone together and, and drive those business transformations so this incredible opportunity and potential that, that the technology offers thank you very much Vipin. love the enthusiasm thank you Chris Aaron welcome back you could probably co-host the show you've been on with me so many times but don't <laughs> it's okay Chris. <laughs> Refresh. I'm guessing there might be four people in the world who don't remember you. I don't know why. So, Chris, talk to those four people and reintroduce yourself. And as Madhu and Vipin did, please share with us your passion for the cloud. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie, for the kind words and uh, great to be back. Um, Yeah, so I'm from England originally, but moved to the States 20 odd years ago. 
And professionally, I've always had the, the fortune to work at various technology companies. So I've been with SAP, I think, about seven years. And um, as we discussed last time, right, I think digital transformation just, you know, becomes bigger and bigger with every passing month, it seems. The, the pandemic has accelerated the need for everybody to be digitally agile. And, and so, it, yeah, it's just a pleasure day to day. Uh, working with customers, working with people in the industry, just helping people understand some of the cloud concepts through formats like this. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a great, exciting time. Although the pandemic keeps going, um, that when we come out the other side, I feel like we're going to be in this decade of innovation. I, I feel very optimistic that we're going to come out of this feeling really positive and we're going to want to make up for last time. And I can't wait for the next few years of innovation. So, I've never quite heard it put that way, Chris. I like that optimism. Let's give Chris a round of applause <laughs> for the decade of innovation. That was very, very, you know, we got to keep moving forward and we have to keep smiling and we have to keep being optimistic and hopeful and making things happen no matter what, right? Moving forward. So that's why we're here. Thank you very much, all of you, for your introductions. Let's go to the quotes. If you're new as an audience member, just want you to know I've asked my guests in advance to send me a quote from a movie or TV character or a song lyric that has absolutely nothing to do with our topic. And they're going to tell us how in their own words, whether they're being poetic or prosaic or philosophical, not political, what it does have to do with the topic. So Madhu Angara has sent us a quote from the character played by Brian Holt, the character Struker, S-T-R-E-U-K-E-R, in the movie Black Hawk Down, a 2001 war film. Let me give you a little background here. Produced and directed by the very well-known Ridley Scott from a screenplay by Ken Nolan based on his ninth, the 1999 nonfiction book by journalist Mark Bowden, a lot of credits here, about the U.S. military's 1993 raid in Mogadishu. And here is the line... Um, Struker says, Thomas, everyone feels the same way you do, all right? It's what you do right now that makes a difference. It's your call, hooah, and Thomas says, hooah. So the line is, it's what you do right now that makes a difference. And Madhu, because there's no punctuation in that, it could be, it's what you do right now that makes a difference. So why don't you interpret that for us? Go ahead. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the movie is really, uh, you know, catchy, and it really shows, you know, the life of a soldier on the battlefield and the emotions they go through. And in this particular line or scene, the the soldier is really kind of nervous and worried to get into the battlefield, and he is thinking. That's when, uh, you know, the the commander comes in and tells him, "Hey, you know, with all that in mind, what you do right now." makes all the difference on the outcome and what happens to the world later right so and this is this strikes a chord with me in terms of technology or the current age we are in where you you know we are in a you know a great transformation era right you know in the internet revolution is done now we are at the digitization revolution at this point if the organizations if people the companies they got to really change their perspective and you know adaptation to technology right what they do right now for their organization for themselves really makes a difference on how we shape up the future in technology 5 years 10 years from now so this really strikes a chord with me in you know what you do right now makes a difference 
Thank you. That happens to be an excellent quote for our topic. Thank you, Madhu. I appreciate your, I, I don't think we've had any quotes from that movie in the thousands <laughs> of shows I've done. So always happy to hear a new movie quote and I'm trying to rack them and record them into my brain. Say, yeah, if I need a quote like that, I'm going to use that one. Of course, I, yeah, never mind. Vipin has sent us a quote from a movie I've never heard of. The movie is Next. The character is Chris, C-R-I-S Johnson, played by the inimitable Nicolas Cage, 2007 American sci-fi action thriller. Okay, it was released in 2007 in Belgium and France, and then later on, oh, two days later in the U.S. by Paramount Pictures. I don't know if anybody cares about that. The original script was loosely based on the 1954 science fiction short story, The Golden Man by Philip K. Dick, the story of Chris Johnson, a small-time magician based in Las Vegas, who has limited precognition, which allows him to see into the very immediate future. His gift makes him a target of highly motivated and heavily armed, whoops, groups of terrorists and wanted by the FBI to help them fight those terrorists. Oh my, here's the quote. Here's the thing about the future. Every time you look at it, it changes because you looked at it and that changes everything else. Oh my, this sounds like a tautology. Vipin, bail me out here. What do we got? Absolutely. You know, that's 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 what caught my attention for that movie for the first place. But I didn't know that it dates back to another movie or loosely it's adapted from a 1954 movie. When I read the synopsis of this movie, uh, it reminded me of a movie in my mother tongue, which is Malayalam, which, is, which was released, I believe, in 1990, you know, but with a very similar character who could see through what's going to happen in future. But in this in this movie, you know, like Nicolas Cage has been my, one of my favorite actor. He just sees like two minutes in advance. And I believe that's the same thing with, with the cloud world, you know, in, in, in today's technology world. Like everyone tries to adapt to what, what is coming in future, you know, and, and, and you try to make the best out of, like Madhu said, um, you, you try to prepare for it and you try to make, make sure, you know, your business is stable, your processes are stable, your IT landscape is stable for the future. But by the time you already reached future, you know, that that has already changed. Now you need to plan for another another round so it's it, it's a continuous cyclical activity right uh, which 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 goes on with with the cloud so that's where i say you know by the time you prepare for the future you reach there you know that's the new future that is awaiting you and you need to just keep on adapting for it and then that makes the cloud adoption a very cyclical process you know it's 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 not like a moving target but it's a very cyclical process when it comes to the overall cloud adoption journey so that that's that's where it just uh, kept a strike with me Thank you. Great quote. I really appreciate this. And we have another excellent quote from Chris Aaron. This one is from The Matrix, but I haven't heard this quote before, Chris. We get a lot. I think Matrix was um, 20 years old recently, last year or the year before, and everybody was quoting The Matrix. But this is a new quote. It's from Neo, played by also inimitable Keanu Reeves. Matrix, science fiction, cyberpunk action film. It was an American media franchise in 1999, and two films were released both in 2003. Just a little background. Neo, who was born, this is the character Neo, born as Thomas A. Anderson, also known as The, capital T1, capital O-N-E, an anagram for Neo is a fictional character and the protagonist of the Matrix franchise. But I found it interesting that Neo is O-N-E-1, flipped over. So there you go. Here's the quote. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Wow, Chris, this is a really all three quotes. Super. Chris, talk to me. Yeah, well, um, as you mentioned, I've been on a few times, so it's getting more and more difficult (laughs) to find a quote. (laughs) Um, But I I think this really picks up on on Vipin's one, right? That 
yeah, although you start innovating to take advantage of the latest technology or the latest uh, business uh, concepts, right, it's, it's always changing. So I, I brought this quote forward with a bit of humility, hopefully, that we can, we can tell you what we're seeing now, uh, but, you know, buyer beware, it, it may not end up that way. <laughs> so. Thank you very much. Excellent. I applaud the three of you for picking such really cool movie quotes from some really cool characters. Thank you. New quotes in my arsenal. Uh, I was remembering when I went to Sapphire, we broadcasted live Game Changers Radio from Sapphire in 2017. And I was meeting a lot. I think I did uh, 53 people were interviewed either singly or in panels of two or three in three days. We did something like 37 interviews and panel discussions. And I brought a list of quotes in case somebody didn't have a quote to open their little segment. And I, I printed out on paper in a binder. I think I had 350 quotes. Wow. <laughs> I said, well, what, what's your topic? Okay, I'll find a quote for you. It was, it was very, very cool. Now I'd have a whole bunch of new quotes. So this is the part of the show where we're going to do our real roundtable and take a very deep dive into our topic. If you're just tuning in, by the way, this is Internet of Things with Game Changers Radio, presented, of course, by SAP. Our special guests are Madhu Angara at Deloitte, Vipin V at SAP. He's a rock star. He just gets the V for last name. And Chris Aaron, who spells his name differently than it sounds. It's A-R-O-N, not the double A-R-O-N, which is the first name of our engineer, Aaron Keller. And we're talking today, part two of Heads Up, everybody look up, Cloud Adoption Strategy Insider Tips. Again, shout out to showrunner Dana Corder at SAP and longtime sponsor Ira Burke. So, Madhu, you're up first, and I have selected your statement number one. I'm going to read a little bit of it, and then we're going to ask you to unpack it. Take two or three minutes, take your time, and then we'll invite Vipin, agree or disagree with Madhu, and then we'll get Chris in to agree or disagree with Vipin and or, or Madhu and or Vipin. So you got a lot of work cut out for you, Chris. So here's Madhu's statement. Startups and smaller organizations looking to create a competitive advantage can leverage several serverless architectural solutions to achieve rapid growth without significant capital investment. I'm going to stop there and let you finish the statement. Go ahead, Madhu. Thanks, Mani. Uh, so, the, um, uh, in general, you know, if you think about somebody starting an organization or a, a you know a company, what we always think about is you know a lot of capital, a lot of investment, and then you think of like big buildings and heavy investors. Gone are those days now, and we have young uh, you know uh, you know uh, entrepreneurs who are willing to just start something overnight. An idea clicks in, and they want to really put that in action quicker you know you have these small startups who do not have a lot of capital but are you know loaded with ideas so for for the organizations like these you know they, they really don't want to spend a lot on the infrastructure on on their uh, you know on the capital and so on so for companies like these where you know where you have a quick solutions to turn around, they can take advantage of the hyperscalers and the cloud solutions in the market right now where you could just quickly spin up, uh, you know, solutions, infrastructure, and write your piece of code which matters to your solution and host it somewhere. You know, I really don't care what is behind that code, who is managing it, you know, where is it running, and so on. For me, all I care about is my piece of code, is it solving my business purpose? So that is where the organizations organizations are heading towards and Amazon or Google and all the big uh, cloud hosting providers are providing solutions which are quick overnight and easy for 
these organizations to adapt. Thank you. When you were talking, Madhu, it reminded me of a quote from a, a guest on a different show last week, the quote from The Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? And you said it doesn't matter where that server is because that's what cloud gives you. You don't have, have to have it in your office on the ground. You don't have to pay for it. Serverless architecture. Vipin, let's see if you agree or disagree with Madhu. Go ahead, Vipin. I totally, totally agree Agree with what Madhu said, right? I mean, cost optimization, um, elasticity, uh, and uh, uh, ability to uh, really adjust to what the business demands. They, these are the critical characteristics of cloud, and you cannot really get rid, get rid of it. I mean, and that's, that's a big advantage that the cloud cloud brings in. So something like serverless technology, yeah, I mean, that that helps provide all of this to the customer, uh, to, to anyone uh, who wants to go and adopt with cloud. You know, it, it helps provide uh, cost optimization opportunity, uh, right? I mean, you, you, are, you are paying only for what you're using, a typical utility type billing. If you're not using it, you're not paying anything. If you are uh, if you are using it, yeah, uh, if you're using it heavily, you, you, you pay accordingly, accordingly to the user, someone who wants that. You know, it helps give a low barrier entry uh, to anyone who wants to get started, you know, small. That's that's very critical to cloud. And in the first part, we discussed about that, you know, how cloud adoption should start with starting small and, and, and growing, growing big from there. Uh, and it provides all the flexibility that you need. So definitely, you know, that that's such a technology in, in the cloud is definitely a game changer and that's what makes the cloud even more uh, uh, even more exciting for you know anyone who would want to go go and get started and control and manage their cost at the same time make sure that business can scale and meet any growing demands. Thank you very much. I'm remembering, gentlemen, that my second radio show for SAP in 2012 was in the cloud with game changers way back. That was the second of 48 series I've started for SAP. Uh, Chris Aaron, join us. I think uh, I think Vipin put it. There we go. Vipin's back on the video. I'm talking about the video. Chris, agree or disagree with Madhu and or with Vipin? You're up. Yeah, I always like to be a little contrarian on these uh, sessions, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say I'm disagreeing. I would just say that what Madhu and Vipin are describing is a, is a reality um, that the average organization is the number of applications they're running is increasing every year. You know, it's it's in the hundreds that the typical company is running. But I think that the challenge is from a security standpoint, protecting identity information, when you've got these many applications and as Mitu is describing, you've got all these micro applications that are making up this this modular enterprise landscape, um, you're, you're solving one problem and creating maybe 10 more, right? That just because it's great that you can buy these applications off the shelf, but as you're, as you're an enterprise architect, if you're head of IT, head of security, you know, it's, it's a brave new world, right? Um, so the, the advantages, definitely agree with Matt and Pippin, that's going to accelerate innovation. Uh, but boy, does it create a bunch of headaches for some of the stakeholders, so... Uh, let's go back to Madhu. Anything you want to say back to Chris, our contrarian of record? Go ahead. Yeah, Chris, maybe I'd like to add <clears throat> the point about security. You, right now in the market or, you know, some of these organizations like uh, Amazon or uh, the amount of security you get in terms of, you know, whether it's it's a VPN, it's a, uh, you know, database security and all the securities built in. So, but definitely what I see is the the security solutions out there are humongous and very easy to adapt for anybody. What, what I'd like to uh, just point out is if, if there is a server sitting on your 
uh, premise and it gets hacked and you know it's very difficult to kind of recover versus if it is a cloud it's easy to quickly change your passwords and you know quickly reboot into another environment where you're back in business so that's where i think the cloud advantage kicks in uh, in terms of security as well thank you chris anything you want to say back or vipin you want to come into this this uh, reround I'd just say with the privacy breach, it's too late, right? You can reset your security, but if that breach has happened, you're in real trouble. So, and I think that was one yeah, of the reasons, right? Go ahead, Vipin. No, I would say that's that's always a risk. Um, you know, the pros and cons that 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 runs in. So sometimes the uh, uh, pros outweigh the cons, but of course you have have to plan for the contingency for all the cons that that exists out there. So that's that's the same with any anything that not not really something very specific to cloud as such, but it's it's a general life principle philosophy, if you can call it that way. Yeah, it's a, it's a reality check on the world we live in, right? And yeah. that was one of the reasons data security, correct, that I read from the Deloitte study at the opening of the show. So wishing and hoping and praying that, that it would make it better. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Let's go to a statement from Vipin. Vipin, I'm looking at your statement number three you sent me for here for our part two of this discussion. And this is an interesting, this is, I'll call this level setting or foundational statements. Vipin says adoption in cloud needs to be viewed through five lenses. I'll just quickly read them and then you can pick a couple or go through all of them briefly. Line of business lens, okay. Enterprise architecture lens, re-platforming lens, reimagined business process lens. I think we're talking about the cycle and value addition lens and starting small and somewhere in cloud. So Vipin, why don't you give us a little lesson in these lenses we want to clean off those lenses so we can see clearly now with our head up in the cloud. Go ahead, Vip, and talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I'd like to add on to what Madhu and, and Chris started in the first round and, and plus um, the, the Deloitte paper that you were quoting, right? I mean, there are critical drivers for driving adoption in cloud. And, and uh, this is where I come through, you know, these five different lenses where we have to start looking in or someone who, uh, as an organization, who is looking in to move into cloud has to start looking in and consider, you know, through these five lenses. So one is the line of business. You know, if I'm an HR line of business or I'm a sales line of business, what is what is the advantage? What What is is an innovation that cloud technologies, uh, cloud applications, or it could be just a technology, or it could be just be an, an out-of-shell application, you know, can quickly bring to my uh, line of business. You know, how can I get to my next level, or my immediate future, that is maybe tomorrow, uh, and and that's and 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 I, I can get there and get it going. So that's that's my first lens. I had to look it into uh, from an uh, line of business and an immediate line of business priority uh, for, uh, for for my business. Now the second is that enterprise architecture. Now we know like multiple of business work together in organization to provide an end-to-end -end business outcome. So we also have to look everything through an enterprise architecture to an end-to-end -end business outcome because end-to-end -end business outcome is what would define your company. So we also have to look into, you know, when, hey, you know, what I when I bring a new solution or a new technology in a line of business lens, uh, in a line of business, where does it space fit in, in my overall organizational space and an enterprise architecture space. So that's an, another another aspect we have to start looking in and, and consider how to really optimize optimize that phase, right? And, and the third lens here we are talking about is a replatforming one. And and here what I'm talking about is all about my legacy applications in in uh, in the in, in my organization. Like how can I optimize it? How can I um, uh, uh, how can I improve it or how can I modernize that applications to really cater to my new gen uh, requirements? You know. I mean, my 
or in other words, uh, and how can I make sure like they are they are set up for uh, catering to my business for tomorrow, you know? Uh, so that's 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 the other lens. And this is where like the technology like serverless could really start coming in. I could pick maybe part of my legacy application, move that into a serverless technology and modernize it and make it make sure that it 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 is ready to cater to my new requirements for tomorrow, right? And and the fourth lens is always a very strategic lens. That's, that's about I as an organization deciding where do I want to go in, in in the future? You know, what is my strategic advantage? What I mean, how do I set apart myself in the industry? And I would have a lot of competitor and, and this is going to be my USB. This is going to be my niche in the industry and how, and, and how I'm going to differentiate it. And technology is a major enabler there. You know, whether it's technology or technological applications or cloud applications, that is definitely a major enabler in that. And how am I going to set that? So that's 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 going to be uh, the fourth fourth uh, lens through which we have to view into, into the overall cloud adoption. And the fifth is definitely the value addition pillar. You know, I mean, where we start looking into saying like, oh, we do all of this four things together, but how do you know, it impact or how do this bring a right ROI to my organization? Does it help me get there where I want to get in, in, in this, this point in time? You know, does this help me reduce my TCU at some point in time? So that's that's the fifth lens we start looking in and analyzing. And, and all of this have to come together. You know, all of them have to come, all of them have to be in synergy to really drive uh, uh, a cloud adoption. The most important thing, uh, I think I, I, I'm re- repeating what I said in the beginning, is to start small at somewhere out there, you know, and, and start building on top of it one by one and start looking into it and, and still build uh, the, the right future in cloud adoption. Thank you, Vipin. I feel like I've just taken a master class here. That was that was very, very well done. Thank you very much. I appreciate I learned a lot. Let's go around the table. Chris Aaron, you're virtually sitting right next to Vipin V at this moment in time. So why don't you agree or disagree or, or just comment on any of the five lenses? Chris? Yeah, well, I don't want to be, what's the word, too provocative, but <laughs> what about the customer, right? What about looking at your cloud through the view of your customer, right? I think that that is a another lens you could add to the analysis, right? In terms of you're trying to make things easier for customers. Your competitors are changing every day, right? It's it's a dog eat dog world, and a lot of this innovation should be focused on the customer and how to make their lives better. Okay, let's go around to Madhu. Madhu, thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, I, I could not agree more with Vipin on all the five lenses and the sixth lens, uh, which uh, Chris has put in there, right? Uh, we always get these questions. You know, the first thing the client or any customer asks is, hey, uh, what is it in for me? What am I getting out of this solution? You know, technology, you, you might be out of the world, but how is it bringing value to us? So these lenses, if you start prioritizing on, you know, what what is the value that brings it to the customer? How soon can I get it there? What are the innovations I could put it out there in the market? And what does it take to get there? So I think just reprioritizing and looking it from the lens of a customer to enhance their business is, is the key, I would say. But all those five lenses are like five nails which Vipin has it's a it's a great uh, learning for me as well. Thank you very much, Vipin. I, I want you to comment back to them, but then I have something to ask all three of you. Vipin, go ahead. 
I would, I would say, uh, Chris, a very, very valid point with customer. And uh, mm-hmm. I would say customer is somewhere implicitly across all of these file lenses. You know, I mean, I didn't want to call it out specifically because if, if I'm looking at this from a line of business angle, obviously I'm looking at it from my line of business customer. You know, whether it's an HR line of business, I'm looking at my employee perspective and say, you know, what what, does, what is a new experience my employees could get? If I'm a sales, I'm looking at, you know, how can I improve my sales process? If I'm in service, how can I improve my service process? So I would say customer is a very important angle. We cannot... Uh, definitely ignore that. Uh, uh, in my point of view, I think the customer just cuts through all of this and customer is the one who sets that priority end of the day uh, and defining you know, what are those priorities we need to take care of it uh, and and, def- and which comes back into setting uh, you know, what you go through and look into these different lenses. So customer is definitely the king who, who exists all in all the five lenses. Thank you very much. Good around the table. A question for all of you. In my opening, we talked about change management. That goes to people away from technology, above technology, above the customer, above the business priorities are people. Leadership, what kind of strong leadership does it take now to see those lenses clearly, Vipin, to guide an organization, to collaborate across those citizen developers in different lines of business who aren't relying on central IT to decide, hey, we need serverless architecture. What kind of person does it take? Is this one person in the C-suite? Is this a team who will say, okay, we're the the cloud adoption strategic process team, and there might be two or three or five or 10 people who get to have their tentacles if you will, reaching out into the parts of it. Sounds like a lot of not just collaboration, but coordination. Anybody want to take that? I'm just curious because we love to bring it back to the people part. Anybody? Vipin, you want to comment? No, about- I totally, totally agree. You know, whenever we are looking through these different lenses, we have to um, keep uh, people and change management, and and, and uh, which are which are critical element, right? I mean, uh, cloud adoption is just as successful as I know how, how is as successful as how people adopt the technology. You know, you do something for it, uh, but end of the day, if people do not adopt it, if you do not get the people behind you to rally behind what what the changes you have brought in, uh, it it would be a failure. So you definitely need a strong leadership here you definitely mm-hmm. need to counter for you know the skill set change for the people you definitely need to manage the change management here um, and, and the transformation itself is sometimes an uneasy process and and this requires some strong leadership you know uh, yes. that that needs to go through go through it so definitely that's not something that cannot be discounted at all is this is there a new dna profile to that type of leadership chris any thoughts on who those leaders will it be a millennial who's coming up and saying yes we are going up to the cloud yes we are going to see a little less effort in the processes yes we are going to see improvements in efficiency and and costs are going to go down who who are these leaders any thoughts yeah i think it's going to be all of the above right um some companies set up innovation factories or labs right trying Mm -hmm. to foster new ideas bringing ideas from outside into the organization but as vipin and and madhu know right it's change happens from within right and you mentioned it could be driven by millennials asking new questions but it, it can also be through force of economics, right? That you've got Mm -hmm. to innovate to survive, right? There are some industries dying, right? Others are being really overturned by by innovation. So I think, yeah, it's it's all of the above. And yeah, it's it's a big exercise for everybody. Thank you. Madhu, thoughts about leadership? Absolutely. I mean, the the DNA, I think, is oneself, right? As much as we have young leaders, the millennials driving and... Uh, you know, uh, putting this vision and change out there. Mm-hmm. As Chris pointed, 
we all are a part of it and it starts with us and in an organization everybody is a leader and until they have those vision and ideas which align with the leadership you know the whole organization cannot move in in the direction so it starts with everybody from the grassroots in an organization to make that shift thank you very much gentlemen thank you for uh, acknowledging and uh, putting up with my sidebar i just thought it was interesting to bring it back to people because yes. we're speaking we are you're all real deal and we're talking to real people so we just wanted to bring that back away from tech 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 let's get to the people part chris aaron you're up next and and vipin thank you again for the master class chris aaron i'm going to your new statement number 2 for part 2 this is a fast and furious one you say the increased use of customer facing applications makes interactions easier. Chris, talk to us. What does this mean for our topic? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pick an example. Maybe that'll make mm-hmm. it easier. If you look at, say, financial services, right, the the days of going to branches is over, right? Uh, we talk about millennials, but pretty much any generation coming along just does not expect to go to a branch anymore, right? They, they expect to be able to do everything on their phone um, and it needs to be very quick and easy. And if, if they have any resistance at all, right, they'll, they'll go to another provider. And so we're seeing, you know, new providers coming into the, the marketplace, not traditional banks, right, but the likes of Venmo and um, PayPal, right, these companies that started in a digital age, right? And so that that's really the example for any industry, right, is that you have to be fully digital, has to be a couple of clicks, a few seconds of people's time, you have to respect their time. Um, And that's really where all the industries are being disrupted is by these new digital first organizations coming in with, uh, I think Vipa mentioned earlier, optimized processes, right, that focus on the experience. And uh, yeah, nobody's waiting for an antiquated, out-of-date, process anymore you know those days are gone thank you very much let's go around the table agree or disagree madhu you're sitting next to chris this time go ahead yeah i, I agree totally with chris um uh, and i'd like to point a fact that you know you, you're just not talking about financial organizations or uh, you know as you said it's any organization i mean I, i'll tell you a recent experience of mine where you know who would have thought two years back three years back you know i could do an admission online with the government agencies, primarily the public schools, you know, usually they're not backed up with that kind of private money we have, right? But even, uh, you know, my uh, transition or admitting my kids into the school was completely done online. And the technologies they've used is, you know, the adaptation is amazing. Uh, So it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, big organizations throwing in a lot of money to adapt, but Every organization right now has adapted, including places where there isn't a lot of pub, you know, funding as well. So it's there everywhere right now. You know, and we, it's, it's a bit of truth. We have to accept that you have to adapt to what the customer needs rather than sticking to your own ways. There's that customer lens we added. Vipin, join us. Thoughts? Uh, absolutely. You know, I uh, can't agree more with Chris and, and, and Madhu there. Uh, business transformation is uh, is the backbone of, of all of this, right? I mean, customer demands keeps keeps on varying. Uh, now, if customer doesn't get what uh, the customer wants from us, they, they go somewhere else, you know, who provide that. And, and then, you know, they become the market leader eventually. So, uh, so obviously, there is a, the business process optimization is, uh, is, is, a continue, is a continuous activity, you know, this entire 
term of process mining and process insights that that is that is that has really grown in last 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 few years i know that's taken over the entire entire, entire market and that that just outlines you know how important that is you know which is a very continuous activity it's not just a one time activity right uh, you, you go into the you go into the process you're always looking into mind the process start derive insights out of it and look into where you can optimize them further and further and so always there is that the need for you know further optimizing your process always uh, which to cater to your end customers obviously which definitely drives what the adoption is all about in the cloud Thank you very much. Chris, anything you want to add back for this one? No, I mean, I really thought I'd set myself up for a fall there, you know, by <laughs> criticizing my two panelists. But thank you, guys. No, I think, um, like I was talking earlier about the decade of innovation, um, I think we're really in for a great ride the next 10 years as, as all this technology comes together and just makes new business processes possible. So. Chris, I want to tell you a, a quick personal story about looking for a branch of a bank. I recently was paid by a company that is based in Canada, and I tried my best to two banks I do business with to upload to a digital deposit, and they rejected it because the routing and transit number was not recognized by the U.S. banking system. Well, one of the banks, which shall remain nameless, but they have a lot of very aggressive ads on TV, only has kiosk service in my area of Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina. You go to a supermarket, you put your little card in, there's no charge, it's recognized, you take your money out, you, put, you cannot deposit that check at a kiosk. It will not accept that check. There are no kiosks that accept checks in my area. So the next thing was to go to a bigger bank, which is a brokerage where I also have a checking account and multiple checking accounts. And I had to find a branch and I had to wait online behind a bunch of people wearing masks and doing their thing on their phone and waiting. And I had to go to a teller and say, why can't I deposit this check? And the teller said, yes, I, she had the same experience, certain out of country checks cannot be digitally deposited. So I had to find a branch and wait online. Chris, I can't remember the last time I had to go. And luckily I had the brokerage account. Otherwise I wouldn't have been able to cash that check. Right? I could have gone to a pawn shop, I guess, and done something with it. We like we see never mind. We'll go there somewhere other time. Thank you very much, Chris. Great comments there. Uh Madhu, we have time for uh maybe two more statements. I picked your statement number two. Let me read a little bit. This is interesting. You say the agile and you put agile in a capital A. Agile development model was developed from traditional models, from the agile model and innovative and improvised software development strategy was evolved, which is DevOps. Several big corporations and businesses are adopting DevOps to enhance their software software development, and quickly deliver products and services. Let's unpack this. Go ahead, Madhu. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm i a developer myself. I started uh, you know, as, as an ABAPR and then a developer in various technologies before that. Now, you know, from a developer mindset, when you see, you know, it, it takes a lot to build code, put it in uh, to the test environment, and for somebody to come in, test the code, then again, move all this package into your stage environment where you do a number of rounds of testing and finally dump all of this into your production to make it uh, you know, productive. And that's where so many pieces come into picture, uh, you know, right from moving this piece of code across the landscape to doing, for, I mean, going through the quality checks and handing over the code to the ops once the you know the, the production is complete. So you're talking about so many moving parts, so many moving teams, people, 
and all that. So all of this is now packaged into you know, the products which most of these uh, new age uh, service providers are providing like your you know, DevOps. The concept is called DevOps and you, know, you have Azure DevOps, you have Microsoft uh, uh, Azure DevOps or Amazon. You have different kinds of products in the market. What this does is one, it eases the life one of a developer to more than from, from customer lens, you're talking very, very less time from your development until deployment until uh, you know support. All of this is done through a CI CD pipeline, so to speak, which is continuous integration and continuous uh, uh, deployment. So the whole cycle of build to deploy to support that is now working like a well-oiled machine uh, given to what we were five, 10 years back where everything is manual and you, you have to be the torchbearer for everything. So it's, it's quick, it's, uh, you know, it gives a lot of value to the customers. That's where it, it plays a key role now, the cloud companies have adopted and it's going to be the future. Thank you. I like that. We like the future. Vipin, you're sitting next to Madhu on this round. Thoughts? Unpack? Agree or disagree? Yeah, uh, I would uh, partly agree uh, there. Um, okay. uh, and when I say partly, not, uh, not, not with Madhu, I'll just add, like to add something something more to it. I, I would say DevOps is backbone of cloud, right? I mean, we, uh, we know of examples where uh, some of the great big companies, you know, they deliver code or, or production code every few seconds without even disrupting, um, you know, uh, their, their actual production line. So that, that's a new reality. And, and, they, and some of these companies started doing this in 20, 2010, 2012, 2013 timeframe, you know, so that's, 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 that's been there and that's been the backbone. This, this is a much, much, much mature process, you know, compared to what we were on the previous world of on-premise, definitely from there to the cloud, this process has really uh, matured. This process has really uh, adapted, uh, has has grown uh, to deliver such uh, changes, you know, in a, in a much more seamless way without disrupting any end-user applications in cloud. So this is definitely a backbone in the cloud. But what I would also add to that is, and when we call DevOps, we normally mention this as CI, CD, that's continuous integration, continuous development part. But what I, I, would, I would definitely say there is, you know, what we miss out uh, and which is very important or which is sometimes seen in still seen in a separate bucket is the continuous monitoring part there but which is very 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 important in, in the cloud world like you integrate you deploy but then you need to monitor what is going on and and that that, that helps you get ahead of uh, you know anything that's that's going on system hey you know is my application working in the right way or is my cpu going to work in the right way is, is it going to be at 80% capacity or so on and so forth you know you need to you need to have that kind of uh, insights in there which along with DevOps, I would say, you know, continuous monitoring needs to be a critical part in this overall, overall, overall game. So you have to consider end-to-end and end-to-end cloud uh, adoption model, which is, uh, which is very, very important. So we should not forget about the continuous monitoring part. Uh, right? I mean, there are many services out there um, uh, with, 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 with all of this. So I, I definitely see DevOps. Whenever I see DevOps, I just kind of mean it is CI/CD plus continuous monitoring. Or I stopped using the terminology DevOps consciously for some reasons uh, because people start referring to only to CI/CD. Then and I was like, no, it's CI/CD is just one part, right? Then you have to just also bring the monitoring, which is very important concept in cloud. Thank you very much, Chris Aaron. Agree or disagree with either or both? Be provocateur again. Yeah, I was going to share a story. So we were talking about at the very beginning about that ability to see the future, right? And how the future changes. So under the old waterfall development, 
one of the challenges was, yeah, you would have a project and you would get finance to fund it and you get leadership to approve it. And then, and then you would build this project. And when you got to the end, if you're lucky, um, there were no change requests, right? But typically there would be, and you'd have to go back to finance, go back to leadership and ask for more money because it was out of the original scope, right? Because things were changing. Mm -hmm. So I remember uh, probably 10 years ago or so, Agile came along and I was so excited. I was like, great, we can get away from this change request <laughs> process, this cost overrun, these, these delays in project timelines. Agile is going to save everything. He thought. And basically, it just accelerated my change requests and budget overrun. So instead of waiting six months for the change request and the budget overrun, we just brought that right up to the front of the project. You know, as you were developing the daily code, you'd be like, yeah, we want to add this and this and this. And so development would say, well, that's going to be some extra time. That's going to be some extra money. So then I'd have to go back to finance. And they're like, you just came to us last week. And they weren't geared to agile, right? Finance was still on an annual budget. So anyway, buyer beware. If you're moving to agile, just make sure finance is ready for real-time funding requests. <laughs> Good point, Chris. Good point. Yeah, that's true. Very, very interesting. Madhu, anything you want to say back to them? Because I, I want to squeeze in one more topic, but go ahead, Madhu. Yeah, just one point is I think Agile, uh, we should educate everybody that it's not uh, a free change for anybody at any time. So we got to really you know, make that as a teaching session for before starting a project is my point. Thank you very much. And I'm in the process of sending a note to Vipin that I want to go to one more topic. I think we can squeeze this in, Vipin. It's your statement number three. You say business and IT always come together in driving adoption toward cloud. Business priorities define line of business focus and IT strategy for organizations. Both drive together with defined pit stops in their journey. Can you give us, we've got six minutes left to the show. Vipin, can you give us a two-minute around on this one? And then we'll quickly see what Madhu and Chris have to say. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I think this this builds upon the my earlier earlier statement that I mentioned there. You know, I'm, uh, so we had to look through the cloud adoption through different different lenses where we covered uh, cover cover covered over there. So uh, in this statement, what I meant to say is, you know, we 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 definitely need uh, both business and IT always together in in a cloud adoption. You know, uh, so there is a like I said before, there is always a line of business lens that we need to start looking into uh, for for a cloud adoption. So business should define the priority. Then the IT would be looking into a broader thing, you know, an enterprise architecture, a replatforming, legacy application, my IT landscape and IT strategy. At some point in time, uh, they they should they would come together. You know, the, there could, there could be many uh, many an opportunity where both of them are going in parallel lanes. Uh, you know, uh, their uh, line of business could be doing their own things, uh, maybe using an LCNC tool, a low code no code tool, and IT could be doing a much more of a pro code pro code tool. But there could be certain pit stops that the organization needs to define, like an enterprise architect needs to come in and define an IT and uh, a pit stop, you know, where they come together and see, you know, hey, you know, let's look at the overall organizational goal. Let's look at the overall organizational architecture principle. And does, you know, your path really intersect here? And if not, and how can we bring 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 them together? So there is always this, you know, some uh, a leader, an enterprise architect leader, something like an architecture board, you know, maybe under under CIO function, normally working together to make sure, you know, all the, the both the parties are aligned together in helping drive the cloud adoption together, uh, cloud adoption together in an in an organization. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. Appreciated. Chris Aaron, quickly, thoughts about what Vipin just shared? Yeah, I mean, it's always difficult, right? Um, the business wants to move quick and fast. 
and IT is, is, you know, looking after the best interests of the company from a, like we were saying earlier, security standpoint, optimization of funding, et cetera. So you've got that, that natural conflict of interest between the business and the IT team. And so, yes, I, when Griffin was talking, I was smiling about those checkpoint meetings and just envisaging all those personas that go into those meetings with their different agendas. And, you know, it's um, fraught with difficulty. And, yeah, every company has to work through that. You know, everybody has to be adults at the end of the day. Oh, really? Okay, that's a new that's a new lens. Vipin, we have to add that to lens number seven because customer was six and now we have to add be adults as the other lens. Are you being an adult? Madhu, wrap this one up for us. Any comments on what Vipin shared and what Chris said? Madhu, you want to unmute? Yes, there you yeah. Go. So I totally agree with Vipin and Chris what they said that organizations, you know, technology and business kind of, it's like a two-legged race where, you know, um, uh, the the races where the legs are tied and you still have to run to make the uh, the goal. You know, if none of these can run faster without the other uh, catching up. So it, it uh, while you want to be ahead of the game, you also need to learn to work together to make the organization successful. Thank you. That's Gentlemen, it. I'm going to challenge you with a, a lightning round of predictions. We used to call these the crystal ball. We still do on my shows. I'm going to give you one sentence. What do you think will change between now and 2025? I'm pushing it out. We're middle, past the middle of 2021. By 2025, January or December, what do you think will change in terms of if we were to revisit this topic? Is there anything critical we would be saying differently that you see in the lens? Uh, Madhu, go first quickly. Just one sentence. That's all I have time for. What would be different in four years? Uh, it'll be low code or no code, I would say. Everything is automated. Oh, okay. Vipin, what do you see for the future? I would say uh, consumer behavior is going to drive uh, cloud adoption. You know, even in the business world, the way you shop in Amazon.com, that experience is what would define, you know, how you adopt a cloud technology within a company. Thank you. Chris Aaron, last word. Yeah, I read this week that 60% of public infrastructure spend is across the three big spenders, you know, AWS, Microsoft, and Google. So I guess my controversial projection would be that we're going to see fragmentation by 2025, that, that those big hyperscalers, that there's going to be another wave and that's going to drive, you know, fragmentation of the market. And I'm going to optimistically predict that we're all going to get together and have that discussion in 2025. So there's there's my wishing and hoping and thinking and praying. Thank you to all of you again. Shout out to my engineer, Aaron Keller at Voice America, the business channel. Thank you, Aaron, for getting us on the air. Thank you again to Dana Quarter, showrunner. I hope you had a great vacation. Ira Burke, our steadfast sponsor of this series for eight years. Ira, it still rocks. We have great topic discussions. And here's my closing Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is still getting two months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Madhu Angara at Deloitte. And shout out to all of your wonderful colleagues at Deloitte. And thank you for joining us. Shout out to Sarah Lottman. We missed you, but Madhu was great. And shout out to Vipin V at SAP. Thank you, Vipin. I still love that snow behind you. It's very refreshing because it's hot here. And Chris Aaron, the man with the perpetual smile. I don't know what you have for breakfast, but it's just wonderful. Everybody wave. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Thank you for listening. Internet of Things with Game Changers. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP 
To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 